As an industry, we've made it our business to learn about games, how they work, about their resonance, and their successes or failures. There's a human side to the industry as well. My name is Paul James, and welcome to Dev Diary, a series that explores and celebrates the incredible feats of the people behind the games as we dive into their stories, the highs, the lows, and everywhere in between. In this episode, I'm joined by Timon Spectala, current lead designer at Techland. So join us as we explore his journey. So today I'm joined by Timon. How are you? How are you? Hi guys. Hi everyone. Uh, it's like it's amazing to be able to talk to you. Uh, like when you sit in your office in Poland and you make your game, you don't really realize it has such a global reach, and that one day you will be able to talk with people all around the world about your game. So this is really a, 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 an honor for me to be able to do this and represent our team, team of Techland. 500 people that have worked on the game. I hope you will enjoy the conversation. So thank you, thank you for having me. I'm sure the listeners will. And yeah, it's it's quite a feat for us to actually pull this off between the two of us and our respective time zones, you in Poland and myself in yes. Australia, and then everyone in the middle that's helped make this work as well. Kyle's got, uh, got his audio muted at the moment, but has done an incredible job helping make this possible as well. And it's incredibly early for Kyle right now. So we really appreciate all the work that he's done as well. It's, it's fantastic when all these things can work out. So, so thank you, everyone. Um, so I suppose as we, as we start to get into, into the swing of things, this is Dev Diary, a series where we talk to developers from throughout the industry. They share their stories, their experiences, and the journey that's led to this current point in time. But Timon, before we get to some of your incredible work, the likes of Dying Light and Dying Light 2 most recently, I wanted to rewind to a point before you actually got in the development scene and I guess focus on some of your first gaming experiences. Do you, do you remember what the first game was that you played or some of the first games were that you ever well, came across? I, I, I'm not sure which one was exactly the first one I played, but I created like this little legend about what the game was, like because I got Don't this question asked already a, a few times. So uh, to not like to not disappoint the, 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 the person that's asking me the question, I remembered one of the first that I really enjoyed and really like got into, and that was Moon Patrol, uh, which oh, is yeah. a game about this little moon buggy that goes to the right side, jumping over holes and um, shooting at aliens in the sky. So, so definitely, I like I, I I quote this. I named this as the first game I played and enjoyed. I'm not sure if it was exactly the first game I played, but, but definitely it was this one. Uh, I was my first gaming system was a uh, like extremely old school vintage um, game computer personal computer by by a company named Commodore I'm yep. not sure if it was available in Australia but but I may, I think the, I yeah, think there was, it was various uh, Commodores out here yeah Commodore 64 and the like yes but but actually mine was Commodore C16 which was like a, like I was kind of tricked by the seller to buy this oh, okay. and I'm not sure if it was the, if it was the good decision the thing is that C16 was released after C64 so it was like a new model with some new uh, I think it had a new GPU so it was able to create graphics with, in theory, graphics with more colors, which was the thing back then. Oh yeah, you weren't looking that much at the at the resolution because all of the systems had a similar resolution, but the number of colors you could create that was something that 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 made made a difference. 
But the, the thing is that C16 had 16 kilobytes of RAM. So it was really like a tiny amount of RAM compared to C64, which had 64, four yeah. times bigger. So uh, a lot of the games that were released on C64 weren't available on my machine. So I was, I like, a bit limited. I got all, some of them. I got cheaper version, like smaller version of the hits that everyone was playing on C64. But I had more colors, so that, that was my thing. So uh, I guess it's like the the modern trade off of quality mode versus performance. You were yes, juggling a like similar this. thing yes, all exactly, those years ago. Exactly. How exactly, everything comes exactly. full circle. So, right? so actually, this this was this this is exactly what happened. This is like a, a great metaphor for the difference between those systems. Then I moved into, I like, I was loyal to Commodore for some time because then I moved to Amiga and Commodore Amiga, I think is, is, is the system that really made me a gamer. Like this, this, this is the system that I wanted to have so much. And like, I, I started becoming an adult back then. So like it really formed a lot of my sensitivities. Then I had like a, short um, episode with PCs, yep. but then I moved to consoles. I was a PlayStation player for a very long time. Then Xbox, along the way, a lot of the Nintendo machines. Nintendo wasn't available in Poland for a very long time, so I like I, I was quite late to the Nintendo train. Yep. Uh, but to be honest, right now, I consider myself like a very multi-platform like I, I i don't look at platforms at all i think it's pointless to look at platforms what's important what's good is what kind of experience gaming experience you you're playing with so 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 that's my thing definitely i play on everything yeah for sure i think it's it's a case of exactly as you just said play what you want to play play what makes you happy and if that's exactly something that's exclusive to a playstation or an xbox or a nintendo or it's on all three or it's pc if it's a mobile game whatever play what makes you happy yes so um, yes, and I think yes, that's yes. Actually, actually I'm, I, I'm, I'm waiting for a future and I think that's the future that awaits all of us is that because of cloud gaming and all of those uh, solutions, we'll soon be playing games on our refrigerators or toasters like this yeah. is maybe a joke that everyone keeps saying um, from time to time. But actually, I think this is what will happen. Like the platform will not matter. You will just connect to some kind of a cloud service and you will be able to play everything wherever you want, however you want. Yeah, I think you're right. It won't be about the box that's next to or under your TV anymore, if it's even a TV that you're using. (laughs) It's just, it's an app or whatever the case happens to be. And exactly exactly as you said, it's streamed to you or whatever as as, uh, internet quality around the world gradually improves. Were there any particular games at all that really, I guess, captured your interest? You've obviously mentioned quite a few different generations there and and also highlighted as you grew up how PlayStation and Xbox and Nintendo came in at various different points, as well as the Commodore and PC. Were there any particular games or franchises or even even genres that really captured your interest as you were growing up at, at various points? I think actually I think I, I I evolved as a player along the along the years. Like for some for some time I was very into um, uh, strategy and RTS yep. games. So this was my thing, like in 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 high school, let's say, but uh, or at the at the end of the preliminary school. Uh, but right now I don't have much time to really spend on those games. I was like, a, like my first hero in terms of game development was Sid Meier. So I was playing yeah. Railroad, Railroad Tycoon, Civilization, all of his games. Like I thought he's a genius. Um, 
And I would love to play games like that right now, but to be honest, it's kind of hard to find that time and They're that, pretty that, that focus exactly to, to to be able to play them. So, 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 of course, I started with action games, and that was the easiest genre to 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 get in contact with back in the um, 16-bit days because it was easy. Those games were easiest to make. So I started as an action as an action gamer. Then I moved into more serious games like RPG games, strategy games. Like most of my high school, I was playing um, strategy and RPG games like Heroes of Might and Magic, Might and Magic as a series. Um, one of my favorites was Eye of the Beholder, like a FPP oh, series. Oh yeah, the other one. Years. Um, uh, all of the Golden Box SSI games, Dungeon and Dragons games. So basically, I was very much into RPG games. Um, but then, when I got more and more into consoles, I came back to my action roots and started playing action games. Right now, I think I'm mostly inter interested in games kind of similar to 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 um, the games we made as game as Techland, which is basically open world games. I very much like the. Uh, the 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 freedom the, the 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 amount of player agency and player expression those games offer, uh, but I also noticed recently that my gaming habits change and I'm getting more and more into shorter experiences. Kind of, I'm becoming kind of like the Game Pass player who yep. boots up the console every week every weekend to see what's new there and play those games for maybe an hour, maybe two hours. If something sticks. I spend a little bit more time on it, but um, I like you know I'm getting older. I don't have that much time to spend on games, so 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 I think I will move more towards this. And actually, I think this is a this is I, I would like that kind of future where I have access to a lot of different experiences which I can consume and and um, kind of fulfill leave till yeah. their end see till their end uh, within two three four hours that that that's that's i'm also a person generally that looks for different experiences that's interested in a lot of different things so those kinds of games where you can get those chunks of shorter experiences but they kind of feel your gamer need that that's something that that i think i will spend more time in the future yeah it's fantastic and yeah, certainly game pass presents this buffet option for people that they can just pick and choose and take a whole bunch of different experiences and exactly. as you said some things may not resonate but lot, uh, there might be others that do and you might commit more time to them it's a, it's a fantastic option like that and you, we can obviously see other um, big publishers starting to replicate that sort of idea across exactly. different platforms and for example, for example a game I have spent a lot of time last year is a game called Going Under which is like yep. this kind of goofy roguelike uh, available on Game Pass, and I suppose I would I would never be able to even discover a game like this exists. But then I played it, I liked it, and I really spent a lot of time on it, consuming in it in those like small chunks of one hour, maybe two hours. So like recently, I started playing Elden Ring, like I think the whole yeah, everyone right now. <laughs> that's, that's uh, like last week, and um, like I already I have maybe like eight hours into it. And I think I will I will continue playing it, but I'm not sure if I'll be able to pull it through because I I feel it's an like a humongous game, and maybe I will not be able to find that time. But 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 I'm liking it very much, and I kind of treat this like um, like this long running TV series where I played for one hour trying to see if I'm able to make any progress, save the game, go back to uh, go back to it, to it the next day, play for another hour, another hour, another hour. 
No, I, I like the thinking. I'm glad you shouted out uh, Going Under because that was one that I discovered in a very similar way. It was just something I tried on Game Pass and, and fell in love with it as well. So I guess we've got good taste, don't we? Um, <laughs> was, was there a game at all or even a collection of games that perhaps prompted you to actually pursue uh, the development industry yourself? Like, Was there a collection of experiences or anything in particular that really sticks out as being that important moment? Well, I'm not sure if there was anything. Like, I just got into games and I wanted to make games. Like, my background is I, um, before joining Techland, I was a game journalist for a very long time, almost a 10 CD years. CD Action, correct? The Action, yes. Yep. It's like the biggest Polish magazine, uh, Polish gaming magazine. I was there for uh, 10 years plus. So I was really into games. So there were a lot of games, a lot of titles, a lot of experiences that made me want uh, to make my own game or contribute to a game. So so I think it's hard to point to any specific one, but for sure from the games I played and I was fortunate enough to have access to a lot of game because as a, because I was a game journalist, the nature of the role. It's easier for me to, it's easier for me to pick specific inspirations for different uh, challenges or different um, like problems or, 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 or new ideas I explore at my work at Techland. Like I, I have a great library of memories and experiences I can just pull off from and then and, and kind of get inspired or, or, or get some, some ideas from. So, so, so definitely that's a benefit. Yeah, and uh, certainly, as, as you said, the, the journalism side gives you a lot of access to a lot of different games and can serve as a whole host of different inspirations. And I'm sure perhaps even some of your experiences from back then might even inspire some of the ideas that are going on behind the scenes with, with Dying exactly, Light these days. Exactly, of course. And, uh, like, for example, some of the games that have inspired some of my decisions in Dying Light to stay human are games like The Saboteur or Fable 3, which were quite known, but maybe not the biggest games in history so maybe yeah. if i wasn't a, a game journalist maybe i wouldn't be even able to play those games maybe i wouldn't even know about them but because i because i was a journalist i was i i, I just knew them so so it was easy for me as i said to to reach out and like grab those memories those experiences from my memory i have also quite huge collection of games so i just like went to the cabinet opened it took the disc and, and played those games so to to remind myself how they worked in how they really worked yeah no that that makes sense um and i guess one other aspect that maybe doesn't get discussed too often but uh before you actually got into the game development scene have i got this correct that there's a bit of a rap background as well that you yes so i was was a creative rapper i was i was a rapper um in my early days like i was a youngin then um it all happened when the when the polish hip-hop scene was being born when yep. when hip-hop came to poland and people started thinking hey i can do something like this so because of that because i started early i'm one of the pioneers of the polish hip-hop scene uh, i have released uh, four albums that's fantastic uh, thank you congratulations um, but for some reason I think it's even kind of hard to explain why I moved away from it and went more into into making video games I think I realized that I will never be the next Snoop Doggy Dog I will never be the next Notorious B.I.G like uh, I, I felt there are a lot of 
guys around me, a lot of a lot of female rappers as well who are more talented, who put more time and more um, focus into this, are more dedicated. So I said, I, I told myself, okay, like I I done my job. I started this. I was when it all when it was all born. Now it's time for other people to to carry the torch so um yeah but you can find me on youtube if, if you really want <laughs> it's it's still an incredible accomplishment and it, it's really worth celebrating and that, that's fantastic what you did but yeah i guess Thank it really so shows much. that like you've got a lot of creative energy there from from what you did in the rap scene um and now obviously current day in the the game development scene how did that jump from being a journalist and writing about games and critiquing and and the access and all those sort of things become an opportunity to actually get involved in the development side where where or how did that journey actually begin well it's i joined techland in 2013 which is like eight eight nine years from now so actually quite a long time it's like when i time say it, it's it's a little surprising for me as well to be honest like i still <laughs> feel it's, it's it's not that long but it is um and and the, i think i i kind of got a little bored with everything that was going at that time in the, um, the game industry especially from the perspective of a journalist because then you fall into this cycle of, of, of reporting about E3 then reporting about Gamescom then new FIFA comes out then new Call of Duty then new Assassin's Creed and it was at the moment it was like this cycle that was yeah uh, no I can see what you mean happening over and over again so I, I, I kind of started thinking, okay, so is there anything I could do that could take me out of this loop? And um, and I think like all of the stars aligned at the very at the very correct position at the very correct time because Techland was looking for someone who could be a spokesperson for um, the game they they were working on at that time, and the game was the first dying light. Uh, they asked me if I want to join the team because I wanted to do something different, something else. I joined the team, but at first I wasn't even supposed to be a game designer. I was just supposed to be a kind of like this producer figure yeah. who, whose job is just to go out and, 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 and do interviews. The outward face. But I really wanted to actually contribute to the game. I saw a lot of people around me doing amazing things very talented people talking in language I, I i i didn't even understand back then fully so i wanted to get into that i wanted to learn more i got into game design i um, learned a lot from our creative director adian chiszewski and um and i i just like i just as, as they call it i just like caught the back. I was just, yeah. I just got into it. I was, I was just, I was just fascinated, fascinated by, by what you can do as a game designer. I think the, the, the most fascinating thing for me is the, the, the feeling of having power over this and control over this virtual world. Like when you start a game, you grab a sword and it says that the sword has 100 damage. And then you go back to your, like to your design scripts and you change the damage to 1000 damage. And then you reboot the game and pick the sword and it says 1000 damage then you really feel like a demigod that controls <laughs> all of this virtual space so so this is really like when the game does what you want the game to do then then it really is an amazing feeling so i got into it and i was working on dying light one 
as one of the game designers. And then when we started working on Dying Light, the following guy was asked to become a, like a lead game designer, lead the, the person responsible for the gameplay of that title. So I took the opportunity. I was very, very um, proud of what we have achieved with Dying Light the following. Then I then I was asked to join the Dying Light to stay human team and um, here we are right now talking about the game so like it's it's a very nice evolution for me and, uh, and a very nice learning curve where I started not knowing really much about making games and now I I am a lead game designer of, of like I think one of the coolest games that have come out this year so far. So oh, it's a fantastic title. So I've, I've had a, I've had a great time with uh, with it myself. So, so you've you've done an incredible job there. But, but I must say that the the switch from being a journalist to uh, to being a game designer it was actually a very humbling experience because as a journalist I I, I was thinking that actually I know a lot about games but. When I joined a studio that actually makes games, I realized that, yes, I know a lot, but there is still a lot way more to learn. So so at first I kind of had to uh, eat up my pride and just focus on learning and focus on, on being humble and focus on understanding what are the different elements and disciplines and, and, and the talents that are required to make a video game, especially game as big as Dying Light as a franchise. It's a AAA game, open world game, first person perspective. So there are a lot of very huge specific uh, challenges that you have to overcome when you work on a game like this. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it's, it's great to hear about kind of that that perspective that you had going in and then yeah the humbling sort of uh, approach afterwards now i'm not in the development scene at all but like i've got quite a few friends in the the local melbourne scene here melbourne's obviously a very very big independent developer scene here and i'll, I'll pop into town i'll go and you know have a chat to people and see what they're up to and i think similar to yourself i think okay like i i've been doing this for oh close to 10 years now like i, I know my way around i know my way around this stuff and then you then you see what people are actually doing like you just kind of stand behind and watch while they're at their computers and you realize <laughs> holy shit i know nothing <laughs> i am so i'm so out of my depth here it's not even funny so um it, it is a very humbling experience and i haven't even taken on any sort of you know any sort of formal role whatsoever like you have so um congratulations on being able to make that jump and um i guess it, i guess you maybe had a tiny little head start against anyone else who might have started at the same time but you're right you're still a, a small fish in a very big pond once you arrive Exactly, exactly. And like also one thing that you realize because like when you, uh, it's easy to think, okay, so it's a game, it's made by like, there's a lead game designer, maybe creative director, and you start to uh, kind of assume and, and uh, align this product, this game with this one person, but it's absolutely not like this. It's no. 500, 400, like a huge team of people working on the game and everyone's contribution is equally important. So. So, so 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 this is really something that you have to understand when you join the when when you join the industry. Yeah, you're just a cog in the machine, and not in a derogatory yes. way, but like it's it's a very big machine. But, so. but you are a very well very well oiled, very shiny cog. Yeah, surrounded by a lot of different similar cogs or different cogs, but like everyone is 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 uh, is is like. This is the thing I, I I love 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 most about Techland is that I'm surrounded by very creative, uh, very talented people who are very.
keen to share everything about what they do. So, so, so this is really a great environment to be in. That's great to hear. Now, before we really zero in on Dying Light 2, just to focus a little bit further on the original game, um, you came in, obviously, as you mentioned, 2013 there. The game was well underway at this point. Um, what was this? And you obviously spoke about there was a lot that you had to learn at the time. What was it like jumping in? I guess at that point in time in the actual development pipeline of the game, there would have been a lot going on at that stage. And, and what sort of things did you dabble in when you, when you were getting involved there? Obviously, you mentioned you came in and uh, you were doing some design work, but it's, I guess it's a tricky time to get involved. Actually, 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 there were actually, uh, actually, there were a lot of things that still needed design because what we had back then was like a very. We, we just had the foundations of the game. We after the the work on the game started right after the island. The island was released in two thousand eleven, so so it, it was already undergoing for maybe a year, a year and a half. Yep, and. Uh, but most of that time was spent on nailing down the parkour element of the game, the traversal, the, the, the natural movement system. So when I joined, we had this. Uh, it was solid enough to, to be a foundation for the game. We had very simple uh, combat mechanics that we took from Dead Island, and that was it. So, so the player progression, all the skills you were getting. So this is something I was responsible for in the end. Um, so this is something I was in the end responsible for in Dying Light 1. This wasn't there at all. The crafting system wasn't there at all. Right. Like things like collectibles, which I also worked on in the first game. So those are the things that weren't defined back then. So, so I was fortunate enough to join when the foundation was laid, but then the rest of it you were still a part again, of building very fortunate. i was able to 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 contribute to building the the whole building the whole game that that used the foundation so so not really exciting i think then, i yeah. was lucky to be honest like yeah i think I, I i think i was lucky because i i skipped the hard part of nailing down the foundations of a new ip which is always the biggest challenge like you have to define what the identity this game this title different so so when i joined it was already defined, but then there was this whole game to build on top of on that platform, and and, and um, so yeah, I was lucky. I must say, I was I was lucky. And the game was received incredibly well. And one of the things that and you highlighted the following before um, the DLC, the the support that the game received in the the years afterwards is is something I think I hear specifically regarding the original game I think I hear about that almost more than the core game these days because it was such and that's not even in a derogatory way but because it was such an incredible job what the team yourself and the team did for all of those years afterwards what was it like to be part of that now obviously at some point your focus pivoted towards Dying Light 2 but that support continued in the meantime talk to me about that that DLC, all that support that the game received because it is still to this day incredible to me okay so so so, so i think the, the 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 secret is that we didn't really plan it when the game was released <laughs> yeah uh, right. it was it was just us reacting to what happened after the release of the game and um, what happened when the game was released is that the game was released and we got some reviews from media and to be honest like we weren't really happy with the reviews like okay. the reviews were were saying okay it's like a average game with great gameplay and we got scores like sevens maybe even six from some from some some outlets so um the feeling at the studio wasn't really that 
that, that, that good. It, like we, we started doubting ourselves. We thought, okay, so maybe we should look for something different. Maybe I should go back to my rapping career or something. <laughs> uh, but, um, but then we started seeing what people are saying about the game, about our game online, like the, 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 the comments they were leaving on Steam, the comments they were leaving on, uh, on forums, the, the way they were also recommending the game for other players. And we realized that maybe the critics didn't like our game that much, but gamers loved it. And, and this really gave us a lot of confidence and a lot of strength to continue working on the game. And we thought that we need to do something to kind of repay, to, to, yeah, to, thank to, the do something to, to thank the community. And we started doing, started doing this with very small drops, like cosmetic items, very small additions to the base game. But everything that we gave to the people, they received extremely well. Like everything was praised. Everything was was like it, we 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 realized that we are really bringing joy to our our community, our players. And when you feel you're doing something good, when you feel that you do so, you are doing something for good people, and they give you give you the love back, then then you just want to keep doing keep it, pushing, and keep 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 doing this. So. So this is what we this is what we did this is what we did. After an initial period of, of this happening very reactively and, and just us pumping out new stuff without any plan, we started planning this. We announced the initiative called 10 in 12, which mean which meant that we will add 10 DLCs, 10 content drops for the game in 12 months. We did that. It was also received very well, so we just kept doing this. And, and like, it's sometimes it's hard to stop when you do something and you feel it's it's working as it should. Yeah. How do you how do you recognize? And obviously, at some point, development had to shift towards or eventually shifted towards Dying Light Two. But how do you actually recognize? Like, when is and I don't mean like because it is such a good thing and it's making so many people happy. It's it's like you. There's a lot that you can take from that. It's great for your own soul. So how do you know? Like, how do you know when? we need to stop now we need to turn our attention to whatever is next i'm not sure if there's one specific answer to this question because like um but i think it's 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 like when you do something like a video game something as big as our video game especially creatively you are a little burned out like you you don't feel that you have that many new ideas you're not ready to start something new you have a lot of thoughts a lot of like ideas how to upgrade and improve and how to add to the thing that you have just created but there is not much space mental power to actually start something new to actually start thinking like getting off those rails starting to think outside of the box that you have created so but it comes at some point like at some point you start thinking okay so we did this great game about um, city post-apocalyptic city walled off from the from the world and um, survival game like this so maybe it's time to do look at something different maybe it's time to look at a different genre or maybe it's time to look at the sequel to that game but based on different um, foundations based on different ideas based on different goals so I think it just happens naturally you have after doing something which is a, a huge creative effort you just have to let it wait for some time and after after that time you start getting that creative urge yeah. again no that's that's fantastic to hear so as we now shift our focus to dying light to stay human 
you spoke about obviously with the original the the critics response there and how that sat with you and members of the team now that we've gotten like all the reviews have come out um and you've had time i presume at this point to to process those and stew on it a little bit how are you feeling about the reception to the sequel for sure we feel relieved because uh because um like you never know what's going to happen after the release. You, you you work hard, you try to make it happen, you you try to make the game as good as possible within your capabilities, but then the real test, the real exam is when is when the game is released. For the for Dying Light to stay human, I think the history kinda repeats itself a little because we okay. still got some mixed reviews. Not everyone was really like blown off by our game and you always want to wow everything that's wow everyone that's that's reviewing your game and also gamers um so 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 definitely maybe we expected a little bit more from some from some outlets but we also get a lot of support from our gamers and um and to be honest again this is something i focus on most as a as a game designer as a game developer because uh, like you get you're designing for them genuine, not the critics yeah but you also get very genuine reactions from those people and even how how some of the gamers word the praise for our game is amazing like i saw a lot of comments where people were saying you know what guys i kind of gave up on games i wasn't really into games for some time but i played dying lights to stay human and i love games again and i think this is this actually say something important about our game and then hits on point what what our game brings it really offers a great gameplay i always looked at, at techland as this gameplay studio like we maybe we need to still learn a little bit more about narrative maybe we need to still learn more about this and that but when it comes to gameplay when it comes to pure joy of holding your controller and like doing an action and seeing a reaction on the screen on the screen i think we are actually very good at this and i think this is what what our gamers appreciate and refer to when they leave those comments they really get excited about how you feel when you play the game and that it kind of brings that primal joy of playing a video game back to their life so 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 definitely this is something that gives us strength and definitely this is something that we will use as fuel to support the game for subsequent years are we talking many years again like like the original or <laughs> yes, will be a little exactly. bit more restrained this time yes we did we actually did a very bold statement that we will support the game for five years but that's the plan that's this is what we want to do it's not that we just throw this promise to the wind there's already plan in order uh, how we want to achieve that what will happen next of course what happens in four years is maybe a little less precise than what will happen within the next year um because we all all of this will be based on 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 reactions from our from our community but yeah, of course. um but 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 yes this is this is a commitment from our side and uh, it's good that we get so much um, positive feedback because this gives us strength to deliver on that yeah that's fantastic to hear and i guess if i i focus on my experiences with the with the two games uh, for a moment like the first one uh, the fir- the original game for some reason uh, i think i've pr- perhaps fit in line with the, the critics the first time around where there was there was little things that like, it just I, I guess it was some rougher edges for want of a better phrase in some areas that just in the end pushed me away but thankfully i was i was fortunate enough to get access to dying light 2 um a little bit in advance thanks to uh, thanks to the team 
uh, the same team that helped us put together this conversation. Really appreciative. And so I, I had I had plenty of time to sit and play it with myself. And my, my editor was doing the main review for the site. And we got together to have a little discussion about it before he published the written review and we put and all the content that came around it. And he he was really quite curious as to how I would respond to it because it, I was a little bit, I guess, on the fence about the original. And he was so thrilled that I I just I could not speak highly enough about exactly what you <laughs> described that that experience with the control in your hand that that primal component which is the that just getting out in the world and exploring and jumping and running and doing and and there's things dynamically evolving around around you and how you need to respond to that the the fight uh, the fight or flight component to the whole thing it's i was where for some reason it just didn't quite click with the original game it a hundred percent hit the mark here and when I did see the reporting about, okay, we're talking about five years of support, I thought, fantastic. Like, I am really, really excited to... Now, what what form that takes obviously remains to be seen, but I was so incredibly excited when I heard that because... But I think we was... will focus on on, on, on on the things we know how to do. Like, we will exactly... This is exactly what we want to do. We want to focus on that primal feeling of that excitement of, of, of playing video game, of, of pushing a button and seeing something cool happening on the screen. So... So definitely expect more of that coming. No, that's fantastic. So I was, oh, yeah, I was really, really excited to hear all of that, and um, we'll we'll continue to be, I suppose. And and even even the which I guess it got twisted and manipulated a little bit on the on the internet. But when the the messaging around five hundred hours um, was out there, and I I looked at that and initially thought, oh, that's, that's a lot of game time. But of course, this was before I started playing, and then once I got my hands, I'm like. If there's 500 hours, I am going to be so happy with this. Like, okay, let yes. Like, there's but, a lot on at the moment. Anyone, but not to scare anyone off, I just want to clarify that if you want to just see the story and complete the story, you can oh, do it within yeah. 20 hours, maybe 25. So, so don't get scared by the big number. Yes, no, absolutely. Of course, so much to engage with, if though. You like, it's great. Yes, if you like the game, you will get as, as many hours from it uh, as we said. And I guess, like, to jump off using my experiences as one such example i feel like the game is far more accessible than ever before and accessible in the sense you know the 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 bigger broader conversation of accessibility for for people with various different needs but also in terms of making the game more open to people who perhaps didn't click with the the original or uh, or even new to it entirely like maybe it didn't speak to them the first time around didn't want to try what sort of i guess philosophies did you and the team have in terms of opening up the game to to more gamers, that was one of our goals. Like uh, actually, Dying Light One was a very successful game. We had oh, was, more yeah. than 25 million, 25 million players all around the world. So this is a huge number, especially for a new IP. So so so, but like you always want more. So we wanted. We looked at the things that made people um, not get into Dying Light 1 that much. And um, of course, accessibility is one of the things, that, but it also comes down to things like uh, actual game design. So for example, one of the things that we have discovered and realized is that in Dying Light 1, we have offered a game which had a day and night cycle. And the idea was that day and night cycle changes the rules of the game so significantly, it's almost like two games in one. And and we thought, hey, like everyone will appreciate it. You get two games in one. You just like spend your money once, and then 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 you have those two different modes of play. But we realized that we made the night experience so scary and so horrifying to people that a lot of them were just skipping the night part, and they that was didn't me. really interact <laughs> with it. 
So yes, exactly. So 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 one of the design goals and one of the one of the assumptions that we did as game designers was hey this is something we need to change this is something we need to improve upon and uh, that's why the night is maybe a little lighter this time around but first and foremost that's why we give players a lot of more tools to play with the night systems like the uv flashlight a lot of different things you can build in the city to help you during during the night we have also changed the um, rules of the night population and rules of escaping the the night terrors. so so we looked at all of the systems in our game all of the gameplay pillars and asked ourselves what we can do to make them more accessible, to make them easier to understand by players, but also not to change, to not change them too much, so they, they 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 stay the same, like they keep the DNA of the of the franchise. We were also fortunate enough to be able to uh, do way more playtest sessions with players in different parts of the world, in Poland, in US, everywhere. So we also got way more feedback from players before yeah. releasing the game. So it was also easier to make some decisions because um, in the first game, we also did that, but because because the scope of those playtests was smaller, we, we had to make some decisions based on our own assumptions and our own uh, sensitivities. Yeah. It's easier when you have access to to player feedback before you release the game. So definitely this also helped to make the game more accessible this time around. Fantastic. Is there anything about the game in particular now that now that it is out there and the world has had its op- well, had its initial opportunity to to try the game out? Is there anything that you in particular personally are the most proud of about the game that something has really come together in a way that either you didn't expect or that you imagined from the very beginning and it, you actually managed to realize it exactly in that way? Like, is there anything that really sticks out? Um, like one of the things I was working on personally was the combat system. And I think I'm, I'm really proud that we were able to achieve the, the, the style of combat that we have dubbed the uh, parkour combat, which is combat where you use like your ability and your your agility and your um, uh, mobility to to overcome your foes on the on the battlefield. It's very hard to pull off when you do things like you jump over enemies, jump off from enemies, and it's all in first person perspective. Um, so this is actually one of the elements of the game we have spent a lot of time on trying to nail this right, trying to make sure that it is accessible for for, for a lot of players. Um, when you play the game, you may take this for granted, but actually it isn't. Actually, it's very hard to create. This is a very complex mechanic. Uh, you have to like parry your enemy. He has to assume a specific pose. You need to use that pose to jump from him and kick another guy. So there's a lot of inputs you have to do to make this work. So it is one of the most complex mechanics out there, like physical mechanics in in, yeah. in, in current video games. But we were able to pull it off, and and I think this is one of the reasons why people get so excited about about the game, this specific mechanic. So 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 I'm very proud that we were able to do this. It was yeah. a work of a lot of people, animators, programmers, um, also designers as well, looking at at, at analyzing very precisely and thoroughly player feedback before the release of the game so it took a lot of work but we managed to pull it pull it off so this is definitely something i'm proud of yeah it feels fantastic to play i, I must say at first when i was, when the system was being introduced to me i thought oh 
how much am I going to use this because I feel like I'm going to get in my own way and kind of trip and stumble yes. and miss a target and actually yes. make myself more vulnerable as, as, a, as a result. And certainly I stuffed up a few times. <laughs> like that's, that, that's going to happen when you're learning something. But once I got my head around that and grew beyond that learning curve, you, you look at the, the battlefield, for want of a better phrase, in a totally different way because, you think, okay, if I, exactly. if I can jump, like do this and then jump off this person, I can connect with that person this person's just here within reach so then I can take a swing at them and then I can do it like and it brings this layer of strategy to it that wasn't present yes. in the original and probably wouldn't have been had it not been for a couple of very specific systems that you've just highlighted along the way and it, it really changed the face of the combat in a way that really and, really and I also spoke think this is I also think this is what contributes to the rush that you get when you play the game because like you constantly analyze, you constantly have those thoughts in your head. Hey, I can do this and this and this and this will and achieve some kind of an effect. And you have like at every at each time when you play the game, in every minute you get like a dozen scenarios playing out in your head. What can happen if you do a specific action? So 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 definitely this is something that contributes to the feeling that you get when you play the game. Yeah, and I mean, I discovered a few times, like, again, the, all those ideas that are flying and I can do this and I can do this and I can do this. And then sometimes it just wouldn't work. Like, I'd, I'd, I'd bite off more than I could chew and I got myself into a horrible situation uh-huh. and end up dead as a result. And again, that strategy that you're working through your head at the time, you can then reflect on that afterwards and go, okay, well, if I did this differently, all yes. of a sudden, and, and so you revisit the scenario or you find yourself in a similar situation, you apply that, you get, uh, hopefully you're successful and... It's an incredible feeling afterwards. Like I, I've really, yeah. I've really, really enjoyed the way that those systems have intermingled to create something really, really fascinating, engaging, and fun. Thank you so much for saying this because this is exactly what we designed the game for. So, so thanks. Thank you so much. No, not a problem. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> thrilled that I myself enjoyed it as, as much as I have, and I say have because I will be continuing with the game for for another. I don't know what are we at? Probably 400 hours to go, I think, still plus whatever gets added <laughs> later on. So. Um, I'm having a great time with it. We've obviously spoken a little bit about uh, what is to come with these next five years, and we can't talk about that in any any detail for fairly obvious reasons. But what do you learn from that period of supporting Dying Light 1 well beyond its initial launch? What can you take from that that's really going to help with this approach? Now, obviously, you mentioned that there's there's a bit more of a plan this time, but... um, what do you learn about as you said most things were successful but i'm sure there are a few things that weren't along the way what do you learn from that in terms of what does the community want what do we need where's the right middle ground here i think i think the important thing we have realized and discovered is that it's important for us to focus on gameplay and any content that we that we that we add to the game needs to have an element of of of, of gameplay to it so even if it's like a cosmetic item we should try to think how we can add elements of gameplay to it so for example we add some small stats to it that it changes the way the player plays or maybe add some hidden effect to the to the piece of outfit or a weapon that in specific uh, circumstances if if player does something right then it gets like this big payoff in in terms of gameplay yep. so the plan is that whatever we will add to the game moving forward or most of the things 99% of the things that we will be adding to the game moving forward will have an element of gameplay to it so 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 when players download those that content if it's free most of it will be free or or if it's paid 
they will not only get something that looks cool, but also allows them to get back to the game and try to experiment with a new gameplay style, with a new player skill, with a new weapon, with a new mechanic. This is something that, that we want to focus on most. And this is something we discovered that uh, this is what people want. Like People want to have a reason to get back to the game and just interact with it again. Just have fun with it, engage with it actually by by pressing buttons on their controllers again. And this is something we want we plan to give them. No, if everything serves the gameplay, that sounds fantastic. I'm I'm thrilled to hear it and I'm excited to see what is to come. Now we are starting to run out of time. So I'd like to zero back in on I guess you specifically as we start to wind things down. Is there anyone out there or potentially even multiple people that have really inspired you in the way you go about your work? As a as a team member, as a designer, anything. So so like I need to start with saying that it's basically everyone at TechArt. Like I'm surrounded. I said before, I'm surrounded by amazing people, and everything every day I learn something from them, and every day they say something that opens new like creative drawers in my head. This is this is really a, a I think, but I think it's the same at every game studio. Like. Game studios are full of amazing people and, and who are really passionate about their work. So, so, so every day is an inspiration for me when I work here at Techland. But I suppose it's not the answer you, you expected. So if you want like specific names, then, then, then I must say that um, definitely Sid Mayer, the person I, yep. I, I mentioned already, he's my all-time hero. He's, he's, the, he's the person that, that I really, that really like, started me thinking about there are actually people making those games and there are designers there are people who put their minds into making the games what they are uh, what they are so so Sid Meier is definitely that person and uh, maybe the next person I will mention is a little bit controversial but I'm like uh, I also honor and respect that designer very much and that's Peter Moliner like yeah. I was, as I said, I'm an Amiga player and uh, he was responsible for a lot of Amiga classics. And uh, of course he then became like more of a celebrity than an actual designer. And he also said a lot of things that people um, maybe ridiculed him because of what he said. But I think he, he was one of the biggest visionaries that we had in the industry and even if some of his predictions and some of his projects didn't really came into fruition and didn't really happen then i think he was a very important member of the of the of the video game industry and he really was an inspiration for a lot of people including myself no that makes a lot of sense i mean he he dreams big he tries to think outside yes. of the box and i think regardless of whether everything has worked or it hasn't yes not a bad quality to have right exactly so i, I would exactly. agree with you exactly. uh, yeah fantastic. Yes, exactly exactly and this is this is this is what i why i decided to mention him because he pushes the boundaries even even if it's if it's just by him saying about what's possible or what could be possible and then he pushes the boundaries of what video games can be so 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 definitely those two people a couple of fantastic choices there uh, what have been some of the most valuable lessons that you've learned over your time through the industry so far on the, the game development side? And again, I guess if we even reflect on your uh, game journalism side, I'd imagine there's a lot that you've learned in the time, but is there anything that really sticks out as being amongst the most valuable? Um, 
I think the, the the biggest lesson I have learned from video game industry is to basically to stay humble because like to do something like a video game, you really have to work with other people and you really have to accept that they have a lot of different sensibilities, a lot of different uh, methodologies, approaches to things and different perspectives. Like you really need to understand that and 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 draw inspiration from everyone and contribute to what everyone is doing and and never takes thing never take take things for granted so 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 being humble and being open to other people and to their experiences this is definitely the the biggest uh, knowledge i have taken from being a member of a game development studio this is something i didn't really feel when i was a game journalist so so i also feel that joining techland made me a better person generally so so oh, that's great so, so definitely this and and uh, i'm happy i'm able to to say this and i'm uh, able to be a member of techland team because this really allowed me to grow as a person and also as a professional no, that's that's fantastic here, and um, I'm I'm thrilled for you. A couple of fun ones as we wrap things up, um, a little okay. lighter. If there was any game that, in any way, shape, or form, you could be credited for, you just love to have on the resume, I guess. And it could be in any capacity. It can be as simple as yeah, special easy. thanks. That's easy. Oh, that's easy. Got... That's absolutely that's easy. It's the journey. I think it's the best game oh, yeah. ever made, and it's the best game ever made because it. It connects to things. It marries to things. It's emotional. It plays with your emotion. It has a very deep meaning, uh, which is a meaning which is also open for your own interpretation. So this is something that the best novels, the best pieces of art, the quality of best pieces of art, that it has a meaning that every person can interpret for himself and think it's important and profound. So, so definitely... So, so that's one thing about Journey, but the other thing is that it was able to convey all of this using extremely well-designed, extremely polished game mechanics. So, 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 so the marriage between those two makes the Journey the best game of all time in my head. And it's come up a lot lately on this show, actually. As, that's why I'm choosing it as a, as a game I would love to be credited for, at least in a small amount. You know, okay, like, that is a game that's come up a lot recently it is fantastic so yeah. very very good choice and maybe potentially it might be the same answer to the next question then if you could go back and replay any game just get to experience it for the very first time strike it from your memory and go again what game would you pick <laughs> well that's that's actually more difficult for me not journey um... though I played it so many times already that like oh, it's yeah. kind of hard for me to, 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 to get in the mind frame of playing it fresh. But maybe that would be a very interesting experience. But you know what? What came to my mind is actually the game we started the conversation with. I would love to kind of experience Moon Patrol from the from the eyes of the of the I don't know ten years or nine years old Timon who was who was playing it for the first time. I yeah. I would love to play a video game for the first time in my life ever i think that's something that would be very uh, very would be a very interesting experience especially if i would be able to analyze that feeling and that 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 that, that moment through your current lens yeah. knowing yes knowing knowing with knowing what i know right now with my current consciousness that would be a very interesting thing to see to analyze a little bit better from your own perspective how it is to interact with a video game for the first time 
No, that's that, that's a fantastic choice. I don't think anyone's ever actually mentioned the very first game that they played <laughs> or among the very first games as a response to this. So that's, and it's a really fascinating way to look at it. So I'm, I'm thrilled you've provided that one. That's that's great. Well, Timon, I'm very, very thankful that you've come on the show and you've shared this journey so far. There's, I'm sure, many fantastic, fascinating steps still to come, um, whether it comes uh, related to Dying Light 2 or whatever comes after that. I'm really excited to see what is in store for you. Thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing this journey so far. Thank you for having me. It was a blast of, uh, of a conversation. It was really an amazing time. So, so, so thank you for that. No, thank you. And if uh, listeners want to see more of what you're up to, more of what the team's up to, where could people go? So definitely there are two addresses I, I need to mention. The first one is the official Twitter channel of Dying Light Games. So Dying Light Game on Twitter. This is a, a place where we... Um, sent all of the up-to-date newest information about what's happening in the game and also another place is a website called techlandgg.com which is like a hub for the Dying Light community where you can also get like new cosmetic stuff and new upgrades and additions to your game if you connect the, your account from the game with Techland GG, so definitely go there and if you want to follow me and my own views humble views on the world and video games then you can also follow me on twitter smectala tm that's my that's my handle on on twitter so if you want of course i i encourage you and invite you to follow me as well fantastic thank you for for sharing all that and again thank you so much for sharing this adventure so far i'm I'm thrilled to have had the chance to, to chat to you about it and to pick your brain a little bit. And as I said, I'm really excited to see what is to come. So thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye. And uh, listeners, as always, thank you very much for listening. I'll see you next time. That concludes this entry of Dev Diary. Be sure to subscribe to this feed, share with your friends, and give us a five-star review to help boost the show up the charts for greater exposure. If you have any people you'd like me to reach out to in an interview, then please find me at Paul James Games on Twitter to help me get in touch with them. Until the next episode, however, that's been Timon's story. Thank you very much for listening, and I'll see you next time.